Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Fear is fascinating. Welcome, listeners, to another Arcade Attack podcast. I'm your host, Keith, and today, deep in the bowels of Barrow's Castle, I'm joined by Dreadful Dylan. I'm very fearful about this podcast. Abominable Adrian. <laughs> Am I in the dungeon by any chance? <laughs> and Wraith-like Rob. Ooh. There you go. It was really hard to find like an R sound that went with Rob's name, so there you go. Wraith. <laughs> Wraith-like. Ra- ravenous, maybe? No, Rav- uh, yeah. Rampage. Might have worked. Rampaging well, something. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. And today we're here to discuss a survival horror game on the original PlayStation. <gasps> Ooh. And oh, shock ho- typical survival horror <laughs> game. Here we go again. Shock horror. It's neither a Resident Evil game or a Silent Hill game. Oh my God. Are yeah. you feeling all right, Keith? <laughs> I know. Any, any, well, okay. We're doing this usual thing where we say, Oh, what could it be? Even though the title of the podcast says it. Is but, it Silent and, Hill? No, don't. No, 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 I said that one. But can you think of any other for like 32 bit horror games? Yeah. Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark. I was good shout. That. Good shout. It's not that. It's not um, that. Um, I can't think of too many others though, can you? No. It's more than 16 bit though. You don't really get like, you had mm. the kind of format on PC Amiga. Like, you didn't really have that on the Mega Drive. Um. This one account Ghouls and Ghosts of Castlevania, like that era, Mega Drive Snares. Yeah. It wasn't really like that point, that kind did of. You, did you ever play, um, on the Mega Drive? Um, I think it was just called The Haunting with Pol- Polter Guy. Oh, very It was an EA game. That's ringing a bell. And you had to like scare this family out of the house. It was like an isometric oh, like setup. Beetlejuice. Yes, I've heard of this. Yeah. And you had to keep like, I, I'm, going off memory here this isn't in my notes i just remembered it um you had to keep like your ectoplasm level at a certain at a certain level I do not remember otherwise this you would sink down into the underworld i don't remember this, this is definitely oh. ringing a bell yeah i, think, I, ever I think it's it. called haunting featuring polter guy and he was like this green polter guy i yeah. went on to make loads of to, movies you had to set <laughs> things up in the house to like you know oh cupboard doors to bang and you know cutlery to it's like a floor. spooky home alone yeah if, they, if they'd made that movie there's no way they wouldn't have been sued by the makers of beetlejuice never not in a million True. years because they'd be so impressed by the game they're like whoa how can we sue such a masterpiece well, we've been talking about a hypothetical movie. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> we are in fact here to talk about the 1997 game Clock Tower. Ooh, great. Like, I've been waiting for them to make a game about Croydon Clock Tower for years. <laughs> <laughs> and if you tell me it's something different, I'm going to be really, I'm a David Lee. Really? 
Really disappointed. <laughs> I think it's the clock tower from Back to the Future, right? That's what it's about, right? Hold on. No. Hold on. Hold that your breath. Cool. Here we come. Okay, go on. Is it about Croydon clock tower? No. I'm sorry to really, 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 really disappoint you, Rob. That's the, that's the sound of Rob closing the door behind himself, right? He's gone. Bye, Rob. If I wasn't a wraith, I'd be annoyed. <laughs> um, right. Now, before we get into the game and its history and creation, um, I just want to ask you guys a couple of quick questions. Are you guys horror fans? Uh, hello. Yes. There's a horror fan. Hey, yeah, are yeah, you I a horror like, fan? I, I do like a good horror film. Yeah. yeah well, like, I don't, I'm not. Not massively, but. Yeah, I can kind any of. Any favourite horror films? I like films the characters. Or... Okay, oh. that's cool. That comes on to my next, next point. Any favourite horror Favourite horror movies. Um, I like Alien. That's, t- that's, that's a, a great horror film. film. Yep. You can't go wrong with a bit of Halloween. <clears throat> The original Halloween is great. Terminator is technically a horror film. Whenever we have that argument with people or the discussion about which Terminator do you prefer? And I always say I love them both. I think of the first one Mm -hmm. as a horror film Mm -hmm. and the second one as an action film. Exactly the same as Alien and Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the format of the first Terminator is you're basically being, it's like a dream. You're being, being like chased by this kind of being Mm -hmm. that never stops. Nice. Not a very cool answer, but I think the horror film that really uh, did impact me quite a lot was uh, the Blair Witch Project. I found that very really? interesting. Yeah, I found it great. Okay. I, I got totally creeped me out. Did it? When I, I, I honestly, I, I was so scared going to I bed that night. I think literally the only <laughs> bit that creeped me out at all was the end. But it just that, that was the whole point. Wasn't the end it? was kind of it was disturbing, the it was the build up to that yeah. point. Yeah. Everything's kind of normal. All well, these kids are going a bit mad. That was oh, no, no, there was just crazy so much house. hype for it though, wasn't it? it kind of suffered. Uh, I, I thought the film it ripped off, like the last broadcast, was scarier. Them but no one's seen, seen it or even heard no, of it. No. Oh, actually, I want to change my answer. My favorite oh, pure horror film is The Ring, the Japanese version. Okay. Okay. I quite like so slow and dread. I like the Hollywood version as well. I quite like the Hollywood version. It doesn't have the same bite for me. No, it doesn't have it doesn't have the same bite, but it is good. I like it though. Naomi Watts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Sorry. Then, uh, yeah. Samuel Shogello is in the American remake of The Grudge, which is also yes, a very scary true. Japanese that's horror. True. Yeah. Yeah. Just to throw my mine in mm. the thing, the original. Oh, oh the thing. John Carpenter's yeah. the thing. Oh, that wasn't the original. That was no, 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 no. That no. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the 2011. That's, a, oh, that's an awesome film. I love that film. Yeah. So anyway, and next question, what do all the best horror slash slasher films have in common? Rob mentioned... Mystery. Likes, a memorable, mystery, a memorable uh, villain or yeah. antagonist is what I was going to say, but also mystery. Yeah. So a memorable if, villain slash antagonist. Sla- <laughs> slash mystery. Slash mystery. <laughs> also, I think the setting has to be right as well. It needs to be dark, moody. The, the music has to... The smoothic? I like smoothic. Smoothic. <laughs> No, can't have a good horror film about music. The villain's important, but it has to have yes. the same, the, yeah. the right setting around it as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But you know, it's true. Like that kind of mystery: who is this villain? What are they coming mm. from? Mm. How can they do all these things? Like, there's that kind of gap there, which makes them scary. Yeah. So you think of horror film, you think of Michael Myers, yes. you think of Jason Voorhees, Freddy yes. Krueger, um, yeah. even going back to Norman Bates. Mm. Yeah. Do you allow yeah. it? I don't know. It's a horror. I wouldn't say it's a straight horror film, but no, yeah, I can see. No, but they, yeah, that's a different film, different kind of structure because the mystery comes in at the end. Yeah, but the, you know, the, a memorable comes villain. in at the end. A memorable yeah. villain, and so mm-hmm. there's obviously there's thousands of horror films involving some kind of crazy murderer, um, but it tends to be the ones with a truly memorable villain that sort of sticks in the memory. Oh yeah, or stands the test of time. Well, in Clock Tower, mm. the villain of the piece is the terrifying. 
Scissorman. Scissorman. Edward Scissorman. No, not Edward Scissorman. Scissorman. <laughs> Scissorman. The Scissorman. No does. first names, just Scissorman. <laughs> or you can have the Scissorman. I'll allow that. Yeah. It's fine. A hunched, disfigured, seemingly unkillable being who wields a giant pair of deadly scissors. <laughs> does he run with them as well? Cool. No, 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 no one ever runs. He doesn't with run with scissors because <laughs> when he passes you scissors, does he pass you the, the hand away from first. the base first? Because <laughs> that's that's all. <laughs> no, uh, the scissor man promotes good scissor safety. Um, he's rumored to be that's behind. Not much of a villain to me. <laughs> <laughs> rumored to be behind a score of grisly unsolved murders. And believe me, once you've been stalked by the scissor man, you'll never forget him. You can say he's a cut above the rest. I would say that. I would. <laughs> Which leads us nicely back to the story of the game. So, this is, it gets a little confusing here. Clock Tower is in fact a sequel to the Japan-only Super Nintendo game called Clock Tower. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that as well. Yeah, the original game, the, that original Super Nintendo game was also known as Clock Tower, the first fear in other territories to cut down on confusion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was developed by Human Entertainment. Um, and released in Japan in 1995 and was never given a Western release. Mm. And that's despite the fact that they ported it to the PlayStation in 1997. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the, the they ported the original Clock Tower to the PlayStation later on. Before or after the new Clock Tower? After, the new, after, after yeah. this Clock Tower. <laughs> yeah. they, they could have given it a new name, but they were like, why not just call it Clock Tower? <laughs> yeah. To cut out all the confusion. <laughs> Can you imagine the meeting when they're discussing the name of the game? Just call it Clock Tower. Just call it Clock Tower. Um, I mean, apparently there are some fan translations around, um, online of the original, um, but I haven't had the chance to play it yet. So, um, but like the original game that we're here to talk about. So I'm just going to talk about that first game, Clock Tower, before we talk about Clock Tower. Clock Tower. Keep up people. Um, but like this one, it was a point and click survival horror game where the, the player controls the cursor to direct the main character, Jennifer Simpson. <laughs> God, this is what she was doing. (laughs) How old was she at this point in Uh, the game? Well, she was, uh, I think she's about 15. Oh, so not actually the Jennifer Simpson. Simpson. (laughs) It's the the Jennifer Simpson. Yeah, so you direct Jennifer Simpson around. um, For for people who are younger than a certain (laughs) kind of age. Oh, really? Do kids not know who Jennifer Simpson is? Well, she hasn't really been big in music for like... She wasn't big for long, either. 15 years. She like... She was a country singer who was very blonde and... And like coerced a, into doing bad pop songs. Like if Pamela yeah, Anderson was correct. like a pop singer and from Pamela the South. <laughs> if, um, Pamela what? Pamela what? <laughs> who? Come on, people have heard of Pamela <laughs> Old-timey references. And then she formed a clothing company, which That's is, true. makes a lot of money, but that is not really mainstream big, and I guess. And she was in the Dukes of Hazard movie that no one watched. She yeah, that's that. another kind of old dated. Re- <laughs> that's two dated references. In my mind. Know, we're so old. What? Oh god, we're so old. If they were going to make a new Clock Tower game and Jennifer Simpson wanted to be in it, <laughs> would you be up for making that new game? Yes, only if she's Scissor Man. <laughs> yes, Ooh, that's the twist. Yeah, she's yeah she yeah, Scissor Woman. C- Scissor Man played by Jennifer Simpson. <laughs> Jennifer Simpson played by. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Adrian, me, hey, Adrian. I'll, I'll be, yeah, fine, I'll be Jennifer. Okay. So, um, I don't want to talk about this one too much because I haven't played it. Um, but we'll have a quick look at the plot because the PlayStation game kind of follows on in terms of the story. Love it. So we'll do that. Yeah. So Jennifer Simpson, an orphan from Granite Orphanage in Romsdalen, Norway. Yeah. Oh, oh see, it's Scandinavian. It's yeah. a real place as well. I checked. 
it's a valley in nice. southern Norway, yep. um, along with her friends Laura Harrington, Anne, and Lottie, who don't have surnames, yep. uh, are adopted in September on September the fourteenth, nineteen ninety-five, by a wealthy recluse named Simon Barrows. Apart from well, Lottie, I'm not really hearing a lot of Norwegian names in this case. No, that's true. Lottie. That's true. Um, Lottie foreign suspicious. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Adopted by a wealthy recluse named Simon Barrows, and they're escorted to his mansion by his wife Mary Barrows. The mansion is known as the Barrow Manor Clock Tower, oh. named after its most predominant feature, prominent feature. Sorry, and the girls are eager to live in their new home. Um, and the game immediately begins with the five of them walking towards the Barrows Mansion. Mary and the girls settle in. Mary instructs them to wait in the foyer and leaves to, leaves to find Mr. Barrows, but she takes an unusually long time. Ooh. Jennifer offers to investigate, but upon leaving the room, a scream is heard from the main foyer. Jennifer returns to find the lights are off and the girls are missing. Unnerved, Jennifer begins searching the rest of the mansion. Now, she soon finds herself being stalked after finding either Laura or Anne, depending on how the player plays the game, killed by a murderous little boy with deformed features wielding a giant pair of scissors. Wow. Laura's corpse would be found hanged in the bathtub or found in a suit of armour in the second living room, <laughs> depending on where, where the player goes. And Anne would die either by being impaled for a sta- impaled for a stained glass ceiling. That makes no sense. Apologies for my poor note-taking. Drowning in the pool of the courtyard or being thrown through a window in Mary's office. They're all pretty bad deaths, aren't they? I don't know which they are. It's pretty graphic. Yeah. And the boy turns out to be Bobby Barrows, the scissor man who will be Jennifer's main stalker and tormentor for the rest of the game. So, like I said, I won't go into any more detail on that one. There's lots to discuss, and there's multiple endings. And how, obviously, how does it look on the SNES, then? I don't understand how they can show um, this game on the side, I haven't had a look at it. It's a side-scrolling point-and-click game. point-and-click on um, the it's, Yeah, obviously, it's 2D graphics, so it's, it's just sort of 2D animation. Mm. Um, so was that the plot of the SNES game you just said? Or was yes, that the sorry, I know. I try, I try and keep it clear. So that's that was what happened in the... In the, in the SNES game. So the long and short of it is that Jennifer survives. Yeah. She kills Bobby and his parents, thereby putting an end to the Scissor Man's murder spree. Game over. That's or does she? No. Was there another relation called Wheel? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You, I had to get in the head of Adrian. Oh, yeah. Clock, <laughs> he now, got it. He got it. Clock Tower or Clock Tower 2 in Japan, was released for the PlayStation in December 1996 in Japan, October 97 in North America, and February 98 in Europe. So there was quite a spread between the releases. Um, It was again developed by Human Entertainment and published in the US and Europe by ASCII Entertainment. No. Nah. nah, it's not oh, me bells, sorry, is it? Ask me today, ask me tomorrow. Oh, wait, no, what it <laughs> very is. Very nice, very nice. Um, <laughs> now, it was developed by a team of about 30 people and it was the first game by Human Entertainment to utilize a 3D graphics engine. Although uh, team veterans were pre- uh, preferred the idea of using 2D graphics instead. Um, hmm. At first, the director, Hifumi Kono, was not interested in on working on a sequel to the first Clock Tower. But after seeing the technical possibilities of the newly released hardware at the time... He agreed. Um, and for Kono, one of the most difficult parts of developing the game was choosing the platform. Um, at the time, the PlayStation and Sega Saturn were on the market, and especially in Japan, the Saturn was seen as this is the next generation of gaming. Yeah. It, Virtua Fighter was out, etc., etc., etc. And the PlayStation was new to the industry, and so although it did have a lead already in popularity over the Saturn, um, its future was still uncertain. Still, People still didn't know what it was. Ever- 
not ever done for a PC release? Because surely that's where the point of clicks go. Apparently not. I know, it's interesting that they, they decided to go for, it's not on the Saturn, they, they decided to go for the PlayStation. Um, but we'll probably come to one of the possible reasons for that in a minute. And, uh, yeah, obviously Nintendo 64 was sort of on the horizon as well, but I don't think they thought it was going to be a, mm. a Nintendo friendly title. Um, and so, yeah, they settled on the PlayStation, um, and Kono has said that he considers it the best choice he could have made. Um, because the console's success also had a knock-on effect to the success well, of the game. 50-50 chance, to be fair, isn't it, at the time? Well, I guess. Um, now, this is the thing that probably tipped it slightly towards the PlayStation. Capcom's Resident Evil was announced during development. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, they weren't copying Resident Evil. It wasn't, you know, a rip-off. It was in development at the same time. Um, and as it was a hor- also a horror game, and it had quite impressive visuals for the time, did the Clock Tower team challenge themselves to develop higher quality graphics to outshine Resident Evil? Mm. Oh, mm. Dylan, no, Dylan, give him a chance. <laughs> well, Dil, I think Dylan's seen some gameplay of Clock Tower. Mm. I, I, yes. Oh. So that's why he's making that mmm noise. <laughs> um, according to Kono, Clock Tower was developed with a material comes first mindset as opposed to giving the game system priority. And I think by material, he means the graphical appearance of the game. Is it 3D sort of graphics? So it's Resident Evil esque. It, yeah, it's 3D graph, 3D characters, yeah. 3D backgrounds. Okay. It hasn't got the pre-rendered still backgrounds of which which of Resident, Resident Evil, Evil did, didn't it? Yes. So the, yeah. oh, there you go. One up. Yeah. One up. Um, clock they tower. um so mm. they, they use 3D graphics and extensive animation as they sought to portray the murders as realistically as possible. Um, Kono was pleased with the 3D engine as it allowed him to use camera angles effectively because he wanted to give it as much of a cinematic look as he could. Mm-hmm. Um, so ASCII Entertainment marketed Clock Tower as one of the first true horror games for the PlayStation console um, and claimed it had the most terrifying story ever in a video game. It's pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Giant scissors are pretty scary. Scissors are quite scary. Um, and the release date was very close to that of another horror game called Enemy Zero. Have any of you guys heard of that? No. Nope. Oh, now that is a Sega Saturn game, which I haven't played but do want to. Um, so maybe cover that at some point in future. Um, and apparently, uh, when it was released, uh, video game stores in Japan laid out the racks of these games as if they were like in direct competition. So this is the new horror it. game for the PlayStation. I really, really love this that. This is the new I love that they did that. game. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so Clock Tower tells the story of Scissor Man's return. It wasn't the end of Scissor Man. It Can was not the end it? of Scissor Man. Believe it. Shock horror. <laughs> Does he die in the first? In the SNES game, then apparently yes, so. That's but apparently no, yeah. But like all good horror, Scissor Man will never die. Scissor <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> I've come to cut your hair. No, that I'm no. Going to cut your hair. Scissor Man believes in scissor safety. He would never do that. <laughs> no, he would. We cut your hair. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Safety scissors. I'll pass you, this, pass you some scissors. Like, if you first. went to a barber's and you saw a scissor, scissor man behind, man. I'm here to cut your hair. Would you not accept? No, would I wouldn't. You? No, but you might say half price because he's, he's still training maybe. I feel hair. like the risk of a horrible death is too high. To... <laughs> How big are these scissors? Just um... Oh, crikey. Uh, the big, uh, let me, they're probably... I mean, I'm guessing they aren't hairdressers. Let's say, let's say the blades are like, I don't know, a meter long. Meter? So Wait, the shears, long? the big shears. 
Yeah. Sheer Man. Sheer Man didn't sound as good. Um, <laughs> wasn't as catchy. D- Dylan, in, Re- in Devil May Cry, there's witches with scissors. Wh- who's got bigger scissors? Oh, um, it's, co- it's comparable. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, is comparable, it? actually. If, yeah. if the witches and Scissor Man got together, what would happen? Would they be friends? The or they be end enemies? of the world would happen. <laughs> yeah. The world would implode. It'd be like crossing the streams. <laughs> yeah. um, Never cross the scissors. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Clock Tower, as in the 1997 PlayStation game, tells the story of Scissorman's Return. Um, now it has five playable characters. Samuel Barton, Jennifer Simpson, Helen Maxwell, Stan Gotts, and Nolan Campbell. That's a lot of characters. It is, um, but the game mostly focuses on the female characters, Jennifer and Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, while the ma- you only control the male characters for a shorter time. Um, you control Barton in the prologue. Um, and Gotts and Nolan are only playable for a brief time in Chapter 2, if the player does not visit the library. <gasps> How dare you visit the library? So the game is divided into Jennifer's scenario and Helen's scenario. Yes. So it's essentially a point-and-click adventure game with 3D graphics. Yeah, that really is what it is. Yeah, no, he's, he's switched off now. Adrian um, hates point-and-click games. Yeah. That guy is always bagging them and like, <laughs> oh, they're, they're the worst they're so genre game. And he never does multiple podcasts on them ever. No, never. Never. Um, so, yeah, imagine this. The player uses the PlayStation controller <laughs> to move the cursor on the screen. Ooh. But you could use the PlayStation mouse, of course. Of course which, you could. You know, everyone bought every, one of those. Every five people in the world that owns one yep. of them. <laughs> um, you move the cursor on the screen and it changes shape when it's placed over an object that you can uh, interact with. So it doesn't have like a scum engine kind doesn't of thing? doesn't have a scum no. engine. No, it doesn't. There's a, an inventory where you just sort of put the cursor at the top of the screen and it will show you any items you have. But apart mm. from that, there's no, there's nothing on the screen. There's no HUD. There's nothing. Mm. Okay. So it's just you controlling your character, walking around and trying to see what you can interact with. All right. Um, and yeah, you click in the direction you want your character to go. And then, um, items like keys and things will be used automatically when you click on them. So basically, um, like I said, there's no life bar. There's no lives, nothing like that. Uh, your player character has three levels of strength. And that's indicated by the cursor. So when you start off, or just normally, it's white. Normal white cursor. We like white cursor. Everything's fine. Yeah, all good. Um, flashing yellow means Ooh. not too good. Not too good. And when it goes red. And when it goes red. You can't cross the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You must stop. <laughs> when it goes yeah. red, you know, you're pretty much about to die. Um, and your strength decreases after extreme actions or being attacked by a scissor man. Hmm. So a lot of point and clicks that I had played, you couldn't die in in the games. Uh-huh. But I guess in this you can. Yeah, I you mean, really can die. You really, really can die. <laughs> yeah, can die. Um, so your health can recover over time, and when the character, when your character's life is being threatened by a scissor man, <laughs> the cursor blinks red, which indicates panic mode. Ooh. So during panic mode, um, you can't click on objects to solve puzzles. All Ooh. you can do is run, try to hide. Or there are certain things in certain rooms that you can use to attack Scissor Man. They won't kill him, but they'll hold him off. Example, please. Um, I'm saving those. Oh, okay. I'm saving those. Um, but in panic mode, you can't do anything else other than try and stop him or try and run and hide. Or push the piano down the stairs at him or something. <laughs> yeah. That's true to real life, because when you're panicking, the last thing you want to be doing is time to stop searching them. for a key. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just yeah. run it. I'm loving this. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it sounds interesting. So you can only click on things, um, that will make him retreat. Um, and when you're in escape mode, 
these actions don't lower your strength, and but also you, your health doesn't recover. So if Scissor Man attacks you and you manage to get away, until you get away for good, your health will mm. stay where it is. It won't. It won't regenerate. Mm. Um, if your player's strength reaches zero, then it is game over, and you must continue from the last room you entered with one level of strength. Right. So it doesn't give you a huge help when you start back up. You're still on red. And you better find a way and because it, it will take yeah. you. It will take you back either just as Scissor Man arrives or just before. Can you save so, the game, or do you have to play it in one go? No, this is this is quite interesting. Uh, so yeah, thought, if you die, yeah, you get a dead end screen, and then it, you you can start again, sort of just before where you died. You can save the game at any point, oh. which is really unusual for these that kind of games. That is super unusual. Like, how yeah. does it even remember that on a playstation memory card. yeah so exactly. as long as you've got your, your playstation memory card you can just pause the game save <sighs> which which was rare then wasn't it so, i mean now it's, i can't even i can't I even know. think about it in one game i can't even think not well, ps1 no. no no i mean we, we're talking because you only had a couple of kilobytes per per block let's talk about horror games with resident evil you had the typewriter yeah had oh. to find a typewriter and make sure you yeah. had an ink ribbon that mm. was a device might get a mental block now because obviously silent hill it's the red square you have to find yeah was, what was the the right, that, was that same Silent Hill and Silent symbols, Hill too? Yeah, the, that funny symbol. Yeah, you same. had to find a save point. Um, but yeah, you can literally It's always just, a symbol, it's always game. a red book, it's always yeah. uh, in things, a yeah. typewriter. Because, you know, it, obviously the, the programmer had to go in that little block. Or mm. like clock tower, you don't. Clock tower, tower, man. Yeah, they know what they're talking so about. That, so that's, you know, that was, that was pretty interesting when I read that. So Clock tower, there are less variables though. You're either, you wander around yeah. and you're either... Like you said, you're always got to be that first level of health. Mm. Plus, you're just a character in a certain part of a room. So there's not a lot of info to save, which is probably but why... But does that's the room true. change after you solve puzzles and stuff? Does it, could the dynamics Your change? inventory changes a bit, but yeah. that's about it. Right. I mean, mm. again, that's, that wouldn't take up much yeah. much memory. Yeah. But yeah, that's quite an interesting point, I thought, yeah. um, in 1997 on the PlayStation. Yeah, take so. it. Um, so there's four scenarios, including the prologue. And the actions you take during the prologue determine who will be the main character of your playthrough. It, will it be Jennifer or will it be Helen? Um, there's five different endings per heroine, depending on how the scenarios progress. Um, and so there, is there four? I can't remember now. We'll go, for, we'll get into that in a second, the number of scenarios. Um, but in between each one, there's like an intermission period. So you can explore and talk to people without the threat of Scissor Man. Which is nice because sometimes yeah, with horror games come. you want a bit of a break. Yeah, like a reprieve. Yeah, yeah you need a, a bit reprieve. of a reprieve. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one reason I like adventure games is you can t- I-, I can take, take my your time, time, not get stressed about getting killed. There's no rush. Well, that sounds like the uh, quite the opposite. It's one of the interesting parts of it. Yeah, mm. because you can't. You, oh, I'm just exploring. I need yeah. to find this. What's going on? And then suddenly, yeah, this is a man. We'll get to that though. Um, and so once there are certain requirements in the intermission that you have to meet in terms of speaking to people and, and where you've gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you've done that, you move on to the next scenario. Um, and the way you move around to different locations, uh, you're in Oslo. Yes. I forgot to mention this one's set in Norway as well. Um, and it takes you back. There's a very pretty kind of map and you can go to various locations. So there's the police station, the Norway International Hotel. Nice. And there's a library, the university research building, etc. So you just, just click on where you want to go. You can go anywhere at any time, but it's quite, um, heavy handed at saying, you don't need to be here right now. Maybe you should go here. 
And like, are those those all based on real places in Oslo, or are they kind of fictional? Places? I think they're fictional. They're okay. fictional. There may be a Norway International Hotel. I don't even know if there is an Oslo, is there? Don't ask in a geography grade. So yeah, I mean the main the main bulk of the gameplay is talking to people to progress the story, um, finding items to solve puzzles. Doesn't usually get more complicated than keys and things like that, or or uh, crowbar or bolt cutters, that kind of thing. Um, My kind of game, (laughs) (laughs) running and hiding from Scissor Man. Um, and he appears when certain actions are performed by the player, but he can also appear at random. So you might play it, you play it through once, think, well, okay, I know, he comes out this time and I do this thing, you go back and play it again, completely different. You turn around, he's right behind you. There he is. There's the scissor man. So they program a random, it's just random time you can turn up in any room mm. kind of thing. And also, if you spend too long in one place. Oh man, this sounds so like if, the- Oh, not a very relaxing game. No, oh. it's not. A bit, it's a horror game. It shouldn't be, it's not it's actually making me nervous just yeah. talking about it. Does this man make any noises when he comes, or is he just silent? Uh, I'm going to come on to that when he when he turns up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the other the other sort of part of the game, like I said, is finding items to attack the scissor man to make him retreat. Can you ever get scissors? <laughs> nah. Can, to attack scissors him. to attack him with. I didn't find any scissors. But I mean, they're the two, they're the two main gameplay points when t- you're either trying to find something you can attack him with or trying to find a hiding place. Um, maybe a um, hedge to, to uh, distract him. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look at this overgrown hedge. Um, but those, I mean, that's where the actual fun of the game comes in. Um, cause you're running down corridors thinking, Oh, where can I hide? There's toilets. So hide in the toilets, hide in the toilet cubicle, um, in wardrobes, underneath like sofas in the office, things like that. Um, and sometimes, this is the thing, because he'll, he'll appear, you'll see him stalking you, so you run away, but the hiding places don't always work. Oh, it's God. another kind of random factor, because I got stuck on a bit where I kept hiding in this wardrobe, and every single time, because it, so you get, it shows you climbing into the wardrobe, and then he comes through the door with the scissors, and then you're like, okay, is he gonna find me? He's gonna find me. And then he just kind of, Finds you. He finds you. you. He drives the scissors into the wardrobe door and it's like, ah, you died. So every time Um, you hid in the wardrobe, he'll get you? Or is it kind of random so sometimes he wouldn't? It did. Well, I I think sometimes as well, uh, from what I was reading, if you try and use the same hiding place too often as well. Because he appears more than... That's clever because if you're doing too much of that, the game knows. He'll learn. The game knows. Like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that actually makes it sound a bit like? Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like we have the monster appears, it's kind of like running, like through, actually, yeah, across corridors, I, yeah. rooms, trying to hide. Trying to and h- sometimes, like they're kind of hiding in this big wicker basket, yeah, yeah, and like Shaggy, <laughs> like or Scooby, <laughs> like kind of go up, and then the villain's right in front of him, and Shaggy goes, Swing! That's quite a good comparison. <laughs> like, it jumps comparison. like up in the air and turns around, and is running on air, and then sprints <laughs> off, and then Scrappy Dude pops in and goes. Put up your fists, whatever he says. Put up your dukes. That's it. <laughs> that was I a really f- good impression. It actually. was actually. <laughs> I didn't find any wicker baskets or like giant urns to hide in, but yeah, it, it, it is quite similar in that respect. Um, or you find items to attack him with. So, for instance, there's a room with a big fireplace where he comes in, and the only thing you can click on is the poker next to the iron poker next to the fire. You can hit him with it. He falls on the floor. Then you can run away, and that kind of stops him coming after you for a while. Nice. Um, the most ridiculous one I came across was you're searching this um, big bedroom, looking in the fireplace for something, and then he comes in 
and you can click on the bed sheets and it shows you throwing the bed sheets over him. And love it's like, it. oh, love no, it. no, and then you can run off. Have and my smelly bed sheets. Yeah. <laughs> you could defeat. The best well, way to thwart any villain is to shut the bed sheets, sheets over him. Yeah. Um, now, a big part of this game is silence. And so. Hold on, hold on. There was some right there. There you go. Just a little sample. Yeah. Um, and the, the music is quite sparse. So when Scissor Man's theme starts up, it, it is quite scary because you can, oh, when I played it, I played it with headphones. And so it's all silent. All you can hear is the, the sound of your footsteps on concrete. Oh, it's all very chilling. Quiet this is like. Suddenly his music starts up. So that starts up as soon as Scissor Man is stalking you. And that it, is chilling. It doesn't stop. I'm, I'm actually chilled by listening to that. It doesn't stop until you've either managed to make him retreat or find somewhere to hide. Or if he kills you, obviously. Are you Scissor um, Man, Keith? Is that why the music came on? Yeah. Oh, no. no. Run, Adrian. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but apart from that, it is mostly just like background sounds. Um, the, for instance, when you start off in the university research building, you're wandering around. All you can hear is like this loop of recorded sounds of like a fax machine and a modem and a printer to make you feel like you're in, and sort of voices in the background. A modem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you're in a busy office. Yeah. Or there's a bit where you're being interviewed by the press um, and there's like loads of background noise and the sound of like cameras going off. Ooh. Just back to your press conference. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently the, the idea behind the music, it was composed with the theme of noise and silence. Noise I guess and silence. That's pretty much all music, but anyway. Right. Um, but, but yeah, they, they sort of played sounds in obscure places and not playing sound when you might think there should be sound, that kind of stuff, just to kind of throw you off a little bit. Um as was the tradition in early to mid-90s, the voice acting is horrendous. It is so bad, it's like Silent Hill. Yes, it is a bit like Silent Hill. Is mm. it like, hey, you can't be doing that right now? <laughs> yes, exactly. I think Rob, Rob was in Clock Tower. Rob was in Clock Tower. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty much like that. But, and it, I mean, it is really bad, but it's kind of like the thing we talked about with Silent Hill before. Because it has this weird disjointed nature. It kind of, it's it kind adds of uneasy. To the creepiness. Yeah. It, def- it definitely adds to the creepiness. Yeah. Like, it just weirds it you out. It kind of helps that with the unsettling atmosphere. Yeah. Does, um, um, the scissor man never talk by any chance? No. Ah, well. But he has his Ooh. own, he has his own theme. Well, 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 well he doesn't well, talk during the well, game. No. Would you well. talk if you had your own theme? <laughs> yeah. Look how cool that would be. Exactly. Every time you walk in the room. 
yeah, he's the only character with his own theme. So he's like, I just let my theme do the talking, you know? What would your theme be if you have any music? <laughs> Sorry, I know this is a tangent. Uh, <laughs> um, Dylan, uh, what would your theme be? Mine would be... It's an instrumental version would actually be an instrumental version of Randolphsky for my head, would it be what you just did? It would be me going... But Dylan, don't you see? You've had the power in you all along. You can do that from now on whenever you enter a room. After we finish recording this, obviously, because, you know, you don't want to hear that the entire podcast. do that. I kind of feel like this is the intermission, like we were talking about. It's the intermission in This is the intermission before Scissor Man comes Yeah, Scissor Man can't hurt us now. No, he can't hurt us. Okay, so that's the sound. In terms of graphics, I think Dill's the only one who's seen it. Oh, yes. It's all fully rendered 3D, but... It's pretty rough. It is rough, but it looks okay. <laughs> rough for, for the, the <laughs> that is the I don't need to hear any more. Rough that's going on the back of the that, that's going on the back of the box. It's like I can see it. It's right rough, in front but of it's me. pretty okay. <laughs> it's almost as as good as um you know we're having fun. You look young. It's a bit like that. <laughs> what? I've no idea. Um, no it, friends, no friends fans in the room today. No friends <laughs> fans. Um, I would say that it's sort of somewhere between Alone in the Dark, the original, and the first Resident Evil in terms of yeah, its graphical look. Yeah, yeah. I'd say um, maybe Code Veronica y, kind of falling short of that, obviously, with the. Oh, way short of that. But yeah, yeah, in, yeah. on that kind of, that kind of Dino Crisis y kind of swinging yeah. around y. Yes. But yeah, of yeah. course, with the camera and the way it works, it, you don't get for like a full 360 of the no. environment. So it's quite clever how they've done it. If you look at those rooms that they built, they're mm-hmm. 3D, but they're missing walls, obviously, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you never go, you never see the four walls in a room because right. the, yep. the camera kind of pans across from side to side in yeah. the same kind of rooms. But I think it looks nice. I mean, it's not, it's not awful. We're not, um, we do bag on about 3D PlayStation games not standing the test of time. Mm. And they don't, but if you can accept them for what they are. Exactly. Yeah. And if there's one, that's rubbish. Cause if there's one p- test you'd expect Clock Tower to pass, it's the test of time. Rob back, baby. Rob wins the podcast. Rob back, baby. He wins, he, he wins something that didn't actually have a win-lose scenario devised. Well done, Rob. Yeah, well done, Rob. Okay. So do we want to know the story of Clock Tower? Well, no, Rob's won the podcast. We have to go home now. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, we know the story. Give us a No, the clock tower in 97. In Japan, clock tower to everyone else. Clock tower scenario A slash B slash 1, 2, and 3. Yes. Right, so try to keep up. Keep Jennifer up. Simpson, this this kind of made me chuckle. Jennifer Simpson is having therapy for her post-traumatic stress disorder. And I put in my notes, possibly caused by appearing in the Dukes of Hazard reboot. Boom! Two good jokes in the Fire! Right, um, Keith wins the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, you've lost the crown. <laughs> One year after the events of Clock Tower, The First Fear, mm-hmm. in late 1996, Jennifer Simpson has been adopted, again, by Helen Maxwell, the assistant of a renowned psychiatrist, Samuel Barton. Oh, Helen. And is currently undergoing treatment at a university research centre in Oslo, Norway, to help her cope with her traumatic experiences in the Clock Tower case and possibly shed some light on the mystery that was the Scissor Man. As Barton hypnotizes Jennifer, 
Helen takes her home early, early, saying she's not ready to remember the murders yet. Barton then leaves the room and talks to Harris Chapman, an assistant at the university. Um, now, this is where things start to sort of fork off, depending on what you do. If you talk to him twice, <laughs> Harris lets slip his affections for Jennifer, oh, no. and the player will play most of the game as Jennifer. Um, if you only talk to him once, you play as Helen. So it's quite a range. It's literally a case of if you click on Harris twice, that's what decides the plot of the game. What do you mean affections? Affections. Yeah, there's there's some weirdness to this game. Um, let's just leave it as affections for now. Um, affections. Affections. Um, Barton then goes downstairs and is interviewed by Nolan Campbell, a reporter, um, and then he gives a demon idol statue to either Rick, a former butler for the Barrows family, or Sullivan, the curator of the local library. Remembering where you sent the statue is crucial in determining which ending you get, because... If you remember, there are ten different endings. There are ten different ten endings different to this endings. game. Oh, that well, gives longevity, doesn't it? You can it play does, it again. Yes, it does. Do you know what this sounds like? Plot of. Go on. Think of um, a movie where someone goes to a psychiatrist to get a writ to get over traumatic things that happen to them by uh, like <clears throat> some by like an entity holding a knife, like a knife or blade type object, and then is adopted by a family. Charles Play 2. Oh, my God. Ah, oh, Charles yes, Play. Yes. The, the army scene. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, Charles Play 2 is pretty scary. Okay. I've forgotten about those films, and I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> what did Chucky say again? I forget. When he pulled his string? I can't remember now. Um, do you mean Chucky or the good boy doll? The good boy doll, yeah. It's like, hi, my name's Chucky. I'm your best friend. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. That's scary. And then, like, the, that's, that's the normal good boy doll. It's not Chucky. <laughs> oh, okay. Chucky would go, hey, kid. <laughs> I'm your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's less scary to me. I don't know why. Um, okay, so, yeah. Jennifer's scenario. Chapter one. So Jennifer meets Kay Satterwhite, a teacher at Jennifer's past orphanage, and, uh, Edward, an orphaned boy who claims he also survived the Barrows Mansion incident. Although Jennifer does not remember Edward. Edward Scissorman. <laughs> not Edward Scissorman. Or is he? Um, meanwhile, Nolan, creepy Nolan, asks Jennifer on a date. And Jennifer takes up his offer. But while Jennifer is walking to the date, she hears footsteps and runs into the park by the university where she informs a guard that somebody is following her. But then the guard is killed by the scissor man. No. <laughs> Jennifer goes into the university and hides. She then finds the dead bodies of another guard and Rose, who also works at the university. But she escapes using a ladder. The next day, Jennifer and Helen tell assistant inspector Stan Gotts about the scissor man being back. And now this is where things kind of veer off. So if you play as Helen in chapter two, you get attacked by a scissor man in the library. And then you have to find the demon idol and escape the demon idol i can't remember now why it's such a key to the story but it just is it suddenly becomes the main plot device we have to find the demon idol statue even though the professor gave it away at the beginning of the game is that the thing that opens up the thing at the end yes it's a yes. mcguffin it's a mcguffin is it there's exactly mcguffin um mcmuffin in chapter two if you're controlling nolan you visit rick who used to be a butler of the barrows family and this is fantastic. I didn't come across this bit when I played it. Um, and in the notes, or uh, I found on sort of the plot summary, if you go as uh, as Nolan to Rick's house, 
It says Rick dies by chandelier. Oh. So <laughs> I can only assume it falls on him. Um, he might be swinging on it and fell down. Yeah. Maybe it blinded him. He yeah, blinded someone shot a laser and it came yeah. off the, the chandelier and yeah. shot him in the eye. But it melted his eyes and thus melted him. by laser, not chandelier. <laughs> no. <laughs> That, mm, that, that's a good, yeah, that's a good, that's another podcast topic, I think. Wouldn't that classify as death by laser beam? Death by chandelier. Or death by, death chandeliers by chandelier. Chandeliers don't kill people. Laser bouncing <laughs> off chandeliers kill people. Is that a, um, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a rapping song, doesn't that's it? A goldy looking chain that's a goldy looking chain joke there. Um, Scissor Man chases Nolan at Rick's house. Nolan finds the demon idol in a closet and escapes. So chapter three is when they decide to go to Barrow's Castle in England to try and solve the mystery of the scissor man because he keeps turning up he keeps attacking people who is he where does he come from Wagwan let's so go investigate <laughs> yeah whoever so, heard of a butler called Rick yeah that, that's true um, <laughs> that's so a bit fishy in itself Rick the butler Rick the butler <laughs> maybe his name his name's just Ricky Butler Ricky Butler he just says I'm Rick the butler surely like they just go Ricky by the Spanish Ricky Spanish. Yeah, sorry, that was, American, that was an American dad joke. Oh. <laughs> like butlers always go by their surnames. You wouldn't call a butler by their, his first name. Ricky. Alfred. Yeah. Well, Alfred's more a friend of the family. Still a butler. Still a butler. <laughs> Alfred was like it. Ronaldinho, right? Just had the one name. Pennyworth. <laughs> yeah, Pennyworth is just... Come on, you never seen Where's your bat knowledge? <laughs> I know, I'm trying to make jokes. I'm trying to be funny. I'm not funny. Sorry. Um, so the group go to Barrow's Castle in England, but are split up. Jennifer is captured by Scissorman, who in this scenario turns out to be Harris. Harris is it's, it's quite, There is kind of a Scooby-Doo thing here because he gets unmasked as Harris. But Harris was told by the real Scissorman, if he caught Jennifer, she would be his. Mm. But then Harris is killed by the real Scissorman. Oh, real Scissorman. Meanwhile, mm. Jennifer searches for survivors. She finds Helen in a box. And Nolan, she's living in a box and Nolan in a room with a living in a cardboard box <laughs> um, it's more of a casket to be fair she's living in a car <laughs> is she living in a casket box no I mean is she living when yes she yes sorry yes it's not like a seven yeah, found in a box it? wasn't very clear was it um, and he, he, she finds Nolan in a room um, which is like filled with skeletons and it turns out they're the ghosts no they're not ghosts they're skeletons but they're also ghosts and they are the ghosts and skeletons of children that were killed at the castle. Um, Jennifer then finds a spell, a magic spell. To, <laughs> this game um, is to a bit op- weird. It does get a bit weird. To um, open and or close a door to another dimension. Oh, I, th- I thought that's what the demon yeah. idly thing did. But it's well, no, I think you do need it. Like oh. Hellraiser. Yep. And it, she gets it translated. Um, she also finds a dagger and she finds a secret room underneath a fountain, which is where she hears Kay begging Edward for mercy before she's then killed. Oh. Jennifer goes into the room with Kay's corpse and the scissor man, who is really Dan Barrows, Bobby Barrows' brother that Jennifer supposedly blew up in the original game, oh. who's looking to a- avenge his brother and mother. But before spoiler he can kill... Be- spoil- oh, yeah, spoiler alert. Spoil- sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry, spoiler listeners. Alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. That's the scissor man. Ah, yeah, but it changes. Depe- oh. It changes depending on the ending. So there are 10 endings. In this particular scenario, Dan Barrows is, is the real scissor man. And, and Harris is the fake, is scissor, fake man. scissor man. But in the scenario that I actually played through, um, spoiler alert, uh, Professor Barton was the fake scissor man. Crazy. And Edward, the little boy Ooh. that Jennifer didn't remember, 
is the real scissor man. Yeah, but... So, Edward scissor man. Yeah, Ed- but you see this man chasing yep, you, and all of a sudden he turns into a little boy. That wouldn't really work, would it, though? Or not? Well, but scissor man is kind of this weird hunched figure. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you have to see some footage of it. The main thing like is, different people of... have different motives for keeping scissor yes. man alive. That's right. And that's nice. I mean, <laughs> horrid. Maybe spirit man is a spirit... Scissor man right. is a spirit that possesses people. And it's like the spirit of Scissor Man and causes them to become Maybe. Scissor Man. But it, so the ending of that scenario, you get to um, this underground, this cave underneath the mansion. Yeah. Um, the statue goes in a hole in the wall. That's was it. Like, so you do yep, need that. You do need okay. that. Okay. And then you cast the door spell to open the door and a vortex opens, which sucks Dan the scissor man almost <laughs> almost sucks vortex. Jennifer almost sucks Jennifer into the vortex um, but she stabs him in the face with the dagger that she just found oh gotta find that dagger into the vortex um, in this particular scenario Nolan pulls Jennifer up as the castle falls down um, and they they start talking they kiss and start a relationship oh. before being rescued by Helen um, now obviously there's loads of different that you can do Helen scenario as well a lot of it's the same but a few things are different it's more sort of different characters do different bits of the story so mm. in Helen's scenario the police inspector goes to Rick's house but he still has to go and find the statue and he gets chased by Scissor Man is it sorry is it almost slightly different playability a bit like Indiana Jones where one character is a bit more action based the other is a bit more puzzly based was it all kind of the same it's all about the same really oh, fair enough yeah. so how old is Edward in this game or like, Edward what, is a young boy um, uh, Edward's probably about 10 and how old is Jennifer in this game Jennifer is about 15 so you, you just said like they kiss and no not Edward up. no did I say Edward no, oh, no Nolan it was Nolan oh, that's Jennifer's yeah, 15 Nolan. in the first game how old is Nolan so in now, this game? Well, Nolan's the uh, journalist so Adult. oh she's adult Jennifer's an adult oh, no yeah Jennifer's Jennifer's an adult so no. I mean there's a there's that's a rough idea on how one scenario plays out so mm-hmm. let's we, massive spoiler alert should we have a quick look at the the different endings yeah go on let's have a look at the let's see what can okay, happen so Jennifer's cocktail. endings ending A after finding out that Edward was scissor man Edward Wood Edward was scissor man Edward draw, Woodward Edward Woodward she draws him into the vortex by the door spell and escapes his grasp by stabbing him with a dagger. So that's this is the one we yeah that's the one we that's just the good that's, ever, that's the good that's ending Jennifer's with ending Jennifer. A yeah. ending B. Jennifer opens the vortex with the door spell and Edward is pulled in. However, unable to get out of his grasp, she is pulled into the vortex as Ooh, well. Yep. The scene that follows shows Helen and Nolan visiting her grave. Oh, sad. No, no. Ending C. Yeah, but. That grave's got no bones, surely, if you're taken to a vortex. Isn't it? Yeah, no, it's kind of an empty oh, grave. No, they have, like, tombstones for people. Yeah. With, like, okay. You know, like people who are lost at war. No, fair enough. Ending C. C. Jennifer finds Scissor Man in the cave and recognises him when he calls her. Before she can have the chance, she is stabbed by Kay. The scene that follows shows a reporter outside reporting the incident, stating that many corpses have been found. The rescue team behind her then announced they have a survivor and they wheel her out of a stretcher. Oh, sorry, they wheel out the wheel the survivor out of a stretcher. Edward turns out to be the survivor and he promptly opens his eyes and smiles. Edward done it. Edward done it. Edward wins. <laughs> Ending D. Under the fountain in the courtyard, Jennifer finds Edward, who tells her he has found a way out. She walks past to the door that's behind him, but before she could even get to it, he stabs her and his reflection is shown in So blood. evil. <laughs> <laughs> Ending E. Jennifer is in her room writing in her diary about how the demon statue was never found. So if that happens in the game, this is what happens. She then hears a familiar metallic clanging sound outside her window and gasps, suggesting that the scissor man approaches. 
would you like your windows cleaned up? <laughs> <laughs> it was just his bucket. Uh, <laughs> Helen's endings. So it's all dependent on how things played out. So it's obviously just tiny little differences in how you play the game. These are chilling endings. I mean, <laughs> it's not just the breeze that's come in it's this not, room. Whoa. You know, I'm chilled. Not a lot of happy endings. It's like a choose your own adventure book. It, yeah, it kind of is, yeah. It is, but I always used to get the bad endings in those. So. <laughs> I used to get killed, but then go back and just sort of forgot I got yeah, killed. Yeah, skip and... back one. Yeah, it's like literally three quarters of them end with you dead. Yeah. Yeah, I never used to get to the good endings. Helen's endings. Helen's endings. Ending A. Helen shoots Scissor Man. Oh, this is the one I got. Helen shoots Scissor Man before he could kill Jennifer, only to find out he is Professor Barton. After the professor tells her why he dressed as Scissor Man, Helen informs Gotts and Jennifer of what happened. Gots asks if the case is closed, but Helen can tell that the Scissor Man is still alive. She finds the Scissor Man, who is really Edward, under the fountain and traps him in a vortex using the door spell. Though Edward manages to grab Helen, he's shot by Gots before he can pull Helen in. Nice. She helps Jennifer out of the wreckage of the Barrow's mansion. Ending B. After the vortex is open, Scissor Man is pulled in, but he manages to pull Helen in as well. No stabby, no the shot, s- no s- shotgun, no, no nothing. The scene after it shows the reporter covering the incident. It then pans to a familiar pair of scissors laying on top of the rubble and Scissor Man's hand rising from the wreckage. Ooh, chilling. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense because he apparently got pulled into a vortex, but okay. Vortex. But, yeah. <laughs> the vortex could have led to, to the, rubble the rubble under the... To the rubble. That was a rubbish way of getting rid of him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, ending C. After going underneath the fountain, Helen finds Professor Barton. He tells her that he's found something behind him that helps solve the case. But after Helen walks past him, he stabs her in the back. <sighs> the scene that follows shows Gots visiting her grave. Ending D. Helen shoots and kills Scissor Man before he could kill Jennifer, only to find out that he is Professor Barton. After the Professor tells her why he dressed up as Scissor Man, Helen informs Gotts and Jennifer of what happened. They conclude that Professor Barton was the real Scissor Man this whole time. Wrong and conclusion. The game ends. Wrong conclusion. So that's the ending where they're like, ah, yeah, it must have been him. Oh, it must have been him. Let's just go. And finally, ending E. Helen comes back in to check on Jennifer before she goes to bed, only to find the girl with a small pair of scissors lodged in her back. She then runs to Jennifer, not noticing Scissor Man hiding behind the door. The screen then fades. It is believed that this scene is a continuation of the scene of the Jennifer's E ending, which was the one where... So the E and the E's link up. Yeah. Which was the one where she's in her room writing about how we didn't find the demon statue, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's not many happy endings, to be honest. There's only um, two happy endings in yeah. the whole of the ten. So there's ten horrible ways for it to end. Depends well, on, but yeah, I mean, there's eight horrible ways to end and two nice ways. Yeah, yeah, that's it's much like one of those. <laughs> Choose your adventure. Choose your adventure. It is, yeah. Um, and the the cool thing about it, obviously, it, that adds some replay value to it, and it doesn't take that long to play through. Um, there's only three chapters. And the walkthrough it's, I watched was only an hour. Was yeah, it, it took me probably an hour and a quarter or something like that yeah. to get the the Helen A ending. Was it an um, enjoyable game? Do you? Um, yeah, I was going to come on to that in just a sec. Would I recommend people play it? Yeah, um, yeah. But before we get to that, um, so that's so that's the game. That's Clock Tower. Um, it was commercially successful. Uh, it sold close to half a million copies. Um, but despite that, I, it seems to be a comparatively rare PlayStation game. Um, I had a look, and on eBay, it regularly sells for about 150 quid, possibly Is that more. Also? Is yeah. that just the European PAL version that sells for that much? Um, Good question. I was only looking at PAL copies. I didn't look to see how the, expensive the Japanese one was. When you said about the release dates, yeah, is isn't it because 
98 was when it wasn't until 98 won. yeah so it would have been obviously when when things were tailing off with the game so maybe they just didn't make as many pal versions so if they're Possible. out there no wonder they're going half a million like copies though yeah, it did sell pretty well. Yeah, so in Japan, obviously, they rattled yeah, off loads of those NTSC copies. Like yeah. 300,000, 400,000 of those. And if there's less American and copies... Just, yeah. just on the PlayStation. Yes, yeah. Mm. Crazy, because they would have made... Oh, I think it would have made a good PC game. They would have made a really good PC game. I know, it's strange, isn't it, that they didn't... Yeah. You know, for a point-and-click yeah. game. But, I don't know. It's Yeah, for a point-and-click game... Mm. Would have been better if it had been set in Croydon Clock Tower, is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, it should have been, you know, with the old David Lean cinema in the Croydon Clock Tower. To make it appeal more to uh, a Croydon audience. Croydon audience. <laughs> yeah, they would have sold at least another 20 copies. <laughs> yeah. An audience heavily represented in this podcast. That's true, that is true. <laughs> yeah, based on the audience of this podcast right now in this room. Based on this focus hun- group. <laughs> 100% are from Croydon, so why not get it in? Croydon Wait, Clock Tower. Croydon Clock Tower. <laughs> Could be some kind of sequel. Um, yeah, uh, Hifume Kono attributed some of the success of the game to Resident Evil generating interest in horror games mm-hmm. at the time, um, and also just the overall success of the PlayStation. You know, he obviously it made the right humble. choice because mm. I mean, he, he, they could have released it on a PC. Mm. Um, it might have just got lost in the. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. it, it does actually stand out. This kind of game on the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, the game's horror atmosphere and storyline were praised, although most other aspects of the game were found to be mediocre by reviewers. Mm. Um, most of the negative critique was directed at the game's slow pace, which was compared unfavorably to other PlayStation games of the era, uh, particularly the more action-oriented and fast-paced Resident Evil. Um, so these factors influenced some critics to recommend it purely for point-and-click adventure fans. Reception. So reception. It's got an overall score on game rankings, which is a review aggregator, mm. a bit like Aggregate, Metacritic. Seventy-two percent. It's not bad. It's not terrible. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Um, atmosphere, storyline. Oh, and the FMV cinematics. They're not too bad for the time. No. Uh, were generally well received. Uh, Japanese magazine Famitsu gave the game thirty out of forty. Mm. Um, and uh, the game's horror themes were praised with GameSpot's Glenn Rubenstein stating that it truly feels like an interactive horror film mm. um, Mark Skorupa of GameZilla compared Scissorman favourably to slasher film villains such as Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers and declared Clock Tower's atmosphere to rival that of any horror game ever made mm. it, it is have, atmospheric it's haunting. it it's is haunting. atmospheric did um, they make it into a film do you think? The uh, yeah, yeah, but because it's based on so many other kind of yeah, I mean it would be a derivative like horror film. It would be, there's yeah. a really Slender Man movie coming out, and I think yeah. maybe similar names kind of would have stolen Slender. the Slender a bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah, the uh, graphic, sound, voice acting, and dialogue were both praised and criticised by critics. Uh, although the point-and-click interface was well received, the game's pace was overwhelmingly found to be slow. We've well, um, only got one antagonist. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be slow, unless he's in, like, every but room, that's in what which case would take, atmosphere. it would take the suspense yeah, away. Yeah, you spend exactly. the time just wandering around, yeah. you know, and But then didn't you say dum, dum, there was two, there's a fake scissor man, so there's two. Well, that's true, there was You two. can't dawdle. You can't dawdle. <laughs> you can't dawdle. <laughs> if you dawdle, he's on you. That's true. You, now, your um, hair's being cut, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I've got no hair to be cut, but... <laughs> I will cut your hair whether you like it or not. IGN's Jazz Rignall, legend, legend... Julian Rignall, legend. Yes, of... Um, compared the game less favor- favorably to the more fast-paced and action-oriented games on the PlayStation. Um, and he stated that for the vast majority of PlayStation players out there, buying a point-and-click adventure is simply not even a consideration. 
Mm. Which it probably wasn't at the time. Um, I can only assume that most of those half a million sales were in Japan. Um, I'd say 450,000. But then I don't know. I suppose Europe was quite a big um, market for point and click games, wasn't it? In in England and Germany, they're huge markets. That's what I mean. So maybe. Maybe. Do you know what? That Mm. is an interesting point because a lot of the copies of it on eBay that I found were in Germany. Coincidence? Coincidence? I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, And finally, GamePro recommended the game to patient gamers looking for a challenge with respect to the complex storyline and some of the puzzles. Um, and 2006 game trailers placed Clock Tower at number 10 on their top 10 scariest games list. Nice. The top 10 games based on the Clock Tower. Jokes. <laughs> yeah. jokes. And here in my notes, in capital letters, I've put, would I recommend people play it now? Question mark. Um, yeah. If you like horror games, if you like point and click games, agent, oh. I'm looking at you. Um, although you don't like, don't seem to like the idea of being stalked constantly. No, I like slow pace. <laughs> you like to relax a bit more. That's why I like the LucasArts games. You can't die. You can take your time. Well, at least with the, the, the good thing about this is you can just go, you can like throw yourself into it. When you're being stalked by Scissor Man, yes, he could kill you, but it's not the end of the world. It's st- you still do get that sense of panic, like, ah, oh, I've got to hide somewhere, got to kill him, got to, got to stop him. But you know, you can start again from the screen before, if you like, yeah. and try again. Do you want to be a really scary game? I was just thinking this while you Go were talking on. about that. Yeah. Be like a gang stalking game. Are you, three of you are familiar with the concept of gang stalking, internet kind of thing. Mm. People are convinced that they're being stalked by groups of people. Okay. Sent by some sinister entity to Ooh. persecute them. Be a game like that where people kind of constantly follow you and you're not really sure why. And then eventually one of them will stab you, but you don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah. That would be a scary you be stabbed game. With like scissors. Um, well, no, because there needs there would need to be something that they could hide on their person. <laughs> well, they could just wear like re- a long coat. <laughs> yeah, I like that though, like the whole paranoia well, thing. Well, then it'd be really clear who the killer is. They could yeah. all wear long coats. Yeah, it could be a very rainy pl- town, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Syndicate. <laughs> it's not Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine living in Syndicate town? You'd be well scared. Everyone's looking. Or like Mr. A- X from Resident Evil. Well, oh, no. I would if I worked at the local coat. research oh, facility, no. or and even Nemesis and Nemesis. Just, Villains do love a lever. I don't like coat. being stalked in games, no. but but I, I would I recommend people play. It? I say yes if you like horror games, um, and you're pa- you have got the patience to play something that's a bit slower and mm. a bit but and and you can look past the graphics. It always tends to be a, a consideration when we talk about recommending retro games mm. to today's. You've got to appreciate PlayStation yeah. One's 3D capabilities. Yeah, but and the, the, go with it. Silent Hill is still excellent. Oh it's yeah, still brilliant. atmospheric and creepy. Mm-hmm. And the graphics are pretty poor, really, compared yeah. to today. And I would say the same about this. Although, so if you if you enjoy that point and click style, then I would mm. say yeah, try it. Yeah, so, hey, yeah. give it a go. Try, yeah. try and emulate it if you can, because I wouldn't say it's oh, worth just 150, pay 150 quid, quid on, on eBay or do that. <laughs> you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I would. I would definitely recommend it. Was there ever an, an, a sequel dubbed Clock Tower? I will come on to the sequels briefly in a minute. Um, before we get to the sequels, a little bit of trivia. Oh, okay, some of which is very amusing. Um, this bit's not. The game is widescreen hack compatible via emulation. Nice. That is nice. interesting. Yeah, that is nice. very interesting. Um, according to uh, Hifumi Kono, Jennifer's path is the real story. But he says to understand Professor Barton, um, Helen's path is important too. So you need to play it both ways to get the full, nice. full picture. Zap. Um, he says it's a really a uh, way of looking at multiple sides of one single story. Um I just want to touch on these bits because it's pretty, it's pretty gross. Um, Clock Tower deals with some taboo sexual themes. 
um, uh, in the novelization, there was a book in Japan, um, confirms that Helen was abused by her father. It's also possible Helen may have developed a complex as a result as she slept with Professor Barton but regretted it later. Um, I'm literally just going to gloss over this. In an interview, Kono confirmed that Kay, who is the lady that adopted Edward, uh, is a paedophile. Developed feelings for Edward. Um, so, yep, that's that. That's not um, going to help Edward's development. Nope. Um, and it's but you didn't get this in the Rise of the Robot novel. <laughs> no. Um, and it's strongly implied that Harris and Nolan are interested in Jennifer. Um, Jennifer even reciprocates Nolan's feelings for her, much to Helen's annoyance, um, even though they only kiss and go on a date. However, there is an 11-year age difference between 15-year-old Jennifer and 26-year-old Ew. Nolan. Oh, so she is yeah. 15 in it. Oh, I this, thought she would have been an adult. Yeah, that's no. something else that was mentioned in the book. Um, it was quite a controversial point of discussion because obviously Jennifer is underage. Um, the game itself doesn't mention any ages. Um, however, Kono doubts Jennifer's relationship with Nolan will last long. So <laughs> that's uh, all right then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on from that. Um, there were two novels, one each for Helen and Jennifer. Nice. Which is pretty cool. One for each other. And a radio drama. Oh, man. Uh, that invited. I know. We should have been on the car. Oh, scissors God. On the radio. Um, but none of do us your can best, speak Japanese. Do your best scissor voice, please. Kshing, kshing, kshing. You're in your height. Oh, wins. I am scissor, man. <laughs> I talk in a moon language. language. Is that the noise the scissors make? Ching, ching, ching. Ching, Moon scissors. Sadly and unsurprisingly, they were not released outside of Japan. However, Helen's novel was later translated into English. Um, There's a game called Moonlight Syndrome that Human Entertainment also made. And in the game, you can see a poster for Clock Tower. Um, And also, um, in that same game, uh, there's a group of kids playing Clock Tower. Which is pretty cool. Okay. Great name, Not, by the way. Moonlight Syndrome. Moonlight Syndrome, I like that. Um, um, and as I kind of mentioned before, in Japan, um, I think I said they were released close to each other. Apparently, Enemy Zero on the Sega Saturn was released on the same day as Clock Tower. So they would have been pushing that kind of rivalry, like here's the horror game, here's the PlayStation horror game. Which one will you choose? I don't know how Enemy Zero sold. I'll have to look that up. Um, that's that's, that that's might a, be a future, future podcast. podcast. Now, future podcast. this bit is brilliant. Uh, I found this when I was doing my notes the other day. In the Japanese version of Clock Tower, the voice actors refer to the Barrows family as the Barlow family throughout the entire game, probably because R and L are interchangeable in Japanese pronunciation. Because of it, it can be theorized that Barrows is a mistranslation, and it is in fact the Barlow family, uh, the heart of the story, although there is no proof of this. You're a scissor man. So I can confirm that I am the scissor man. (laughs) Keith is not I am the scissor man. <laughs> if you really were the scissor man, your music would be playing right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. So I couldn't believe that. That was brilliant. So yes, that's my surname. Anyone that doesn't know, we were oh, sitting yeah. here laughing Keith about is, it. Sorry, Keith is yes. Keith Barlow, right? Barlow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm the scissor man. Um, sequels? Do you think there were many sequels to no. Clock Tower? Yeah, I th- there was. I don't think they it bothered. was called Clock Tower. The other one was called Clock Tower, and the future latest one was called Clock Tower. Clock Tower, the third installment, which was actually the fourth installment. Yeah, Clock Tower, the prequel, is actually the sequel. Yeah. Clock Tower 2, Ooh. The Struggle Within, which is known as Clock Tower Ghosthead in Japan, is the third installment. Clock Tower Good 2 name. is the third installment <laughs> in the Clock Tower series. Um, was developed and published by Human Entertainment uh, in 1998. 
um, and later published by AgeTech in on uh, October 31st, 99 in North America. It wasn't released in Europe. Um, this was a spin-off story of little to no connection to the story of the Barrows slash Barlow family <laughs> or Scissorman. Nor is there an actual clock tower in it. Oh. Nor was clock tower director Hifumi Kono involved with it. Nor was um, it anything to actually so do, has, do with clock it, tower. It has no connection to the previous games. No clock tower. No Barrows family. No sequel man. How no is Jennifer a sequel Simpson. not actually a sequel? Don't know. No, don't know. Um, generally regarded as being the worst instalment in the series. Mm. This is easily um, available to buy for about twelve quid on eBay. Um, it received a poor reception, poor graphics, uh, poor gameplay. What platform was it on? Sorry, PlayStation. PlayStation yep. again. Yeah. Um, it was, crit- or the game was criticized for its oddly wonky tone, as it often feels more like a strange comedy game than a scary horror game. Ouch. Mm. So that was a bit of a failure. Now, Clock Tower 3 is one I'm, I'm looking to check out. Which is the fourth installment. Clock Tower 3, fourth. Which is the fourth installment yeah. in, the, in the Clock Tower series, is a PlayStation 2 survival uh. horror game. Um, this was developed, and this is interesting, um, developed by Capcom Production Studio Ooh. 3 and Sunsoft. And published by Capcom on December 12th, 2002 in Japan Ooh. and in 2003 in North American Europe. So let's get interesting. it. I want to get the, it. The fathers of survival horror getting involved with Clock Tower. Yeah. Um, it's, but it, again, it doesn't really have, a, can, there's no Scissor Man. Mm. There's no Scissor Man. There has to be. If no you're going to do a man. Clock Tower game, you have to have Scissor Man. It revolves around a girl named Alyssa Hamilton who seems. Alyssa. To, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> who seems to time travel to the past by entering different realms. Oh, In these dear. realms, she is hunted by psychopathic and sadistic serial killers. None uh, of which are Scissor Man. Nope. Along the way, she discovers dark truths about her family history. Um, and brings peace to tormented victims beyond the grave. The game is set in 2003 in London, England. Ooh. During the game, Alyssa explores a mansion, ruined city, concert hall, underground factory, sewers, and the cemetery. Oh, and a castle with a clock tower. Oh, there you go. <laughs> just, just to wedge it in. Wedge it in. There's a clock tower, so it's a clock tower game. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but this one apparently is a side story loosely connected to the history of the Barlow family. Barlow family. Um, How have we gone from Barrow to... Barrows to Barrows slash Barlow to Barlow. I'm, I've finally accepted my <laughs> my true calling. Um, but yeah, there's no references to Jennifer Simpson, Helen Maxwell, or any of the incidents in Moo Norway. Ones. But because because <laughs> that because it's a self-contained story, Clock Tower Three is a standalone installment, and you don't have to play the previous games in order to mm. to play it and understand what's going on. Um, it involves exploring and finding clues while avoiding the serial killers. So some of the gameplay is similar, but it's more of a 3D action game. Um, but there's kind of, there's some stealth involved because it's almost like a game of hide and seek with these. Mm. Yeah. These mm-hmm. ghosts mm-hmm. I want Scissor Man. I know, I know. I want Scissor Man. Clock Tower 3 received mixed but generally positive reviews. Which is actually um, the fourth installment. Let's remind yes, the listeners. Let's not forget that. Um, praise for its good graphics, unique haunting soundtrack. Um, as, and, uh, decent sort of horror elements and atmosphere. I'm gonna get it. Um, Screw it if it's not um, too yeah, much money. Yeah, I think I might check it out. Um, it's the first clock to have a game with properly sort of detailed graphics, and as a result, some of the game's more graphic content was deemed upsetting and disturbing for some players. Just um, have that disclaimer at the beginning, yeah. and you're golden. Apparently, it's not overly gory, but some of the game's more disturbing scenes include a child being mauled to death with a hammer. Oh. Two victims screaming in horror as they're being dumped in a container of sulfuric acid. Oh. Um, and Alyssa's father being axed in the head. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Dylan's not going to get it anymore. <laughs> no. Put him off. But I think that's fairly, that's fairly readily available. Um, 
Great. So, yes, check it out. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Um, now, this one isn't called Clock Tower, the next one. It's called Haunting Ground. Have you heard of it? Haunting. That sounds more familiar. Yeah, it's a Capcom game. Um, it's another survival horror game. It came out in 2005. Um, it's not an official Clock Tower game, but it's kind of a spiritual successor. Um, it's made by a lot of the team who worked on Clock Tower 3. Um, and it has some, some of the similarities of the series, like Stalkers. Nice. Um, a panic system, hiding places. Um, and there's, there's rumors, cause I've seen, this is quite expensive to get hold of as well, unfortunately. Oh. Um, it's been rumored that Haunting Ground was originally developed as Clock Tower 4 and contains scrapped Resident Evil 4 assets. Ooh. Oh. And having let's looked have a look. at some footage of it, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it, you know, the castle in Resident Evil yeah. 4. A lot of elements look very, very similar. Oh, so yeah, so <laughs> that's really quite cool. Dylan's ears then. Yeah, You've piqued my interest. Yeah, so. um, <laughs> Haunting Ground revolves around a teenage girl who becomes trapped in a castle full of horrors and hostile residents who want her dead or impregnated. Um, <laughs> to escape and survive, she must use her canine companion Huey. Now, this Huey. is kind of interesting because is it like Shadow Dancer? No, not quite. <laughs> it's like yeah, survival horror Shadow Dancer. Huey, Huey the dog. Would you call it Huey? I don't know. Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis and the other dog. It's more of a duck name. I'll tell you what, the best dog name I think is uh, Tupac. Have you seen, um, <laughs> what's that film? Uh, no. Hunt for the Wilder People, Tupac the dog. Tupac the dog, no. Yeah. Anyway, hey, that's. <laughs> there was just a little side point I wanted to make on that. Mm. It's a Capcom game from the mid noughts mm. mid noughties with a big white dog. Okami. Oh. Uh, yeah, Okami. And do you remember the beginning of Resident Evil? Where if you save that dog from the trap, uh, Resident Evil 4, sorry. Where if you save the, the dog from the bear oh. trap, he comes and helps you when you're fighting the giant. They really thing. have borrowed a lot of things they off have, each other, yeah. haven't they? Is it's it like, the same dog? Who knows? It's the same it's Huey. dog. It's Huey. It's Huey. But None it, of those yeah, are the best white dog in video game. What's, What's the, the best seat? white dog in video game? <laughs> it's alright, I just knocked it out then. Okay. Let's go. I'll be able to spot that. That's fine. All right, yeah. Sorry, what's, the best, on, what's the best white dog in video gaming, Rob? The white dog in Samurai Showdown, who, if you choose that one guy, is running right next to you and you can do a special move where he jumps up and that bites the cool. other person. See, I say the best dog is the one Dill mentioned. It's Yamato from Shadow Dancer. Yamato? Yes. Yeah, I love Shadow Dancer. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so yeah, they obviously had a bit of a fixation with big white dogs, Capcom. In the mid-noughties. <laughs> I love a big white dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and there's a cool thing here. They use motion capture for this game, even for the dog. And you can find footage of the dog in his little mocap suit online. I love it. Which is oh, quite cool. I love that. Um, sadly, it didn't sell very well. Um, they didn't market it very much. Um, it was and Resident, so expensive. And Resident Evil 4 came out around the same time. So physical copies of it are usually rare and expensive. Ooh. It's got a 67% on Metacritic, but the Metacritic user score is 8.8 out of 10. Oh, nice. So a bit of a difference between reviewers and, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. users. Um, and it's got quite a strong cult following. So it's one I'd like to play, but... How do we get... To, how do we get... A million dollars <laughs> yeah. to buy this game. Um, and finally, before we wrap up, um, there was a game mooted to be released a couple of years ago. Uh, it was called Nightcry. But it was previously known as Project Scissors. Ooh. Uh, I like the sound of this. Yeah, it was a survival horror game and it's a spiritual successor to Clock Tower. It was dev- um, Human Entertainment later changed their name to Nude Maker. Oh. Um, yes, they, they did make some adult games apparently. Uh, um, they, but, they, they were kind of leaning that way yes, anyway. It would they? seem that way. Um, but they were going to develop this game uh, originally known as Project Scissors for PC. 
to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Clock Tower, the first fear. And it was going to feature a villain. Do you want to guess what the villain's name was? Yeah, Razor Man. He had a woman. Scissor Woman? No. Um, Close. Mrs. Scissor Lady. Lawnmower Man with big lawnmower hands. No. <laughs> Scissors are in there. Uh, Scissor Sister. Ah. No. Scissor McScissorface. No. That's close. Scissor Walker. Scissor Walker? Scissor Walker. It's a bit like Susan Walker. Scissor Walker, Texas Ranger. Scissor's logo had scissor legs in it. What? band the Scissor Sisters? Scissor Walker. Walker. Scissor Walker. Scissor Walker. Um, a version of it was released in 2016. It is available on Steam. Um, but I've had a look at it and, and it was supposed to be released as a mobile game as well. And it looks very much like a, a mobile game. Uh, um, and meh. it meh. was very poorly received by fans and critics alike, sadly. So yeah, Scissor Walker is um, no Scissor Man. No, and I mean, that was Hifumi Kono was involved in that. So it was the guy behind the original. Um, and That's yeah, a it's shame. a shame. I, I, just, a I don't shame. think they got a lot of popular support. Um, it didn't get any big backing from a studio or anything like that, or a big developer. So, um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I would quite like to see a modern take on Scissor Man. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's the sit the clock tower series. Um, what do you guys reckon? Would you like to play Scissor Man? Hell Scissor Man Clock Tower. I would like I mean, to play the called. Scissor Man in the Clock Tower adaptation for film. the radio drama. <laughs> the radio, ver- yeah, the radio <laughs> drama. Welcome to Scissor Man, the radio show. I will talk like in a moon accent because I am Scissor Man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd like to play it. It sounds interesting. It sounds like a game that would interest me. You know, it's my sort of cup of tea. It's a shame it's dwindled a bit, I think. The, what, the series? The series, yeah. yeah. It's run out of steam a little bit. Yeah. I would uh, like to watch other people playing it because I enjoy watch, being in the room and watching people play point-click mm. games. Okay. Like, it just sounds weird. I always prefer playing the kind of arcadey ones, but I like watching the story unfold. There you go. Aid can it. play it. Rob can go and watch Aid play it. And then Dylan can pretend to be Scissor Man in the background to add extra atmosphere. Yep, in a moon language. <laughs> in a moon accent. <laughs> Twitch, here we come. Twitch, yeah. here we, oh, we're breaking records on Twitch with this bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was Clock Tower. Listeners, have any of you played it? I don't know anyone who has. So, mm. let us know if you have. Let us know what you thought. And beware the scissor man. Are you going to end the podcast with your theme tune now? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.